Hey y'all, Bless Kenya here with another wonderful episode of Refined in the Fire, Come Out Like Gold. Here we're going to learn how to live with nothing and how to live with everything and be content with both. So I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty with plenty or little, for I can do all things or everything through Christ who gives me strength. And that's what Paul said in Philippians 4, 12 to 13, but let's go back up to verse 11. Like Paul in verse 11, he said, how do you learn to be content with everything you have? He said, I've learned to be content with everything I have. So how do we learn to be content? Because we live in a society that 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 craves more. We live in a society where we always want more, 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 more. I just remember this rock song from like the 80s or 90s. I don't know. And it's true. You know, we, we have shoes, but we want more shoes. We have sneakers. We want more sneakers. We want the latest sneakers. We have a phone. We want the new phone. We have clothes. We want more clothes. We want food. We want more food. You know, we have food. Um, I know personally a few millionaires who they just have a lot of stuff in their house, a lot of things. I've been to a few millionaire people's homes and they just have a lot of things, a lot of things. Um, And I've been to a poor person's home that I know personally and they don't have much. And what they do have, they're, they're struggling and trying to keep, you know, they want more. So how do we be content if we have a little bit or nothing pretty much? I know someone who every weekend, literally every weekend, they travel to their second home in another uh, place. Uh, and then I know, um, and they go out to restaurants all the time. And I also know people who just may have a PB&J for dinner or ramen noodles again. And that's all they have. So in any situation, how do we learn to be content? I've lived so uh, abased and abound. That's what the word says. How to live abased and abound. So abased means nothing. Abound means everything, like overflowing. So a base almost means like empty, you know? So how do you how do you live empty and full? How do we do that in life? So I've lived abased, which like I said means to have nothing and be okay. Content. Did I want? Sure I did. But in the midst of my situation sulking, complaining, grumbling, moaning None of that changes the circumstance. None of that changed my circumstance. There was a time I had nothing. And God had me in a season where I had no money. I had no car. I had no TV, no apps, no radio, no music, lost friends, no job, couldn't pay my rent, not much food. My son was growing out of his clothes and shoes. I couldn't get much of anything I could go on and on and on and if it wasn't for one friend and one family member at that time it would have been no phone too which sometimes they paid um, my phone bill because my phone would sometimes turn off I mean I was you know when it when people say oh I was rock bottom well the rock was on me baby I was (laughs) I was low or at least that's how I felt and I couldn't understand as a believer in Jesus Christ a believer 
that I would ever go through anything like that. I mean, I believe in God. I mean, God loves me. I mean, I love him. So what's up? You know, I just couldn't understand it. And excuse me, fast forward to a time I had it all. I mean, seemingly right. And life was better. I had the car, the money flowing, the food, even ordering takeout often, you know, shopping galore, shoes, bags, sneakers, restaurants, TV, music, games, friends, new phone, rent paid all back, paid my rent back, you know, that I owed because I had owed for like months, (laughs) new managerial job, hair done, nails did, pedicure, I mean, you name it, you know, and if I was and, and and as a matter of fact, I even chose to have all my bills on auto pay. Come on, let me say it again. Auto pay. <laughs> now, you know, if all of your bills are on auto pay, you're abounding in life. OK, you have a little some some that you can just have your bills on auto pay. I just think personally, side note, it's just a better way to live. Once you have the flow of money, you don't have to think about your bills. Just FYI for those struggling with paying bills from week to week, month to month, check to check. Put it on auto pay. Don't even think about it. Just make sure the money's in the bank account. So, so what? Okay, so I had it. And then I didn't. And then I had it. <laughs> and then I didn't. You know, I had gone through many ups and downs and highs and lows and being full and being empty and wanting and needing and then not needing and wanting anything. And in those times of emptiness, God had to teach me things. And then this particular time in my life, I'll never forget it. This particular time, God had me in a season where he was stripping certain things from me. Because it's very easy to have and be good. It's very easy to have and almost forget where your help has come from. It's very easy to have and possibly have a little bit of pride. You know, we we see that with King uh, Nebuchadnezzar, where he had, and there was a point where he got a little bit haughty because he had so much. He was abounding in the empire. He was abounding in the kingdom that he had built. And there was a young man named Joseph who interpreted dreams, and he was locked up in jail for something that he did not do, and the king had a dream. And he had um, a dream about, you know, famine and, and plenty and, you know, skinny cows and fat cows. And he was warning him that a famine was coming, you know, so he had to uh, eventually he made Joseph prime minister over the, the region so that when the little bit did come, the people were still good and content. Like they rationed well. Then when there was plenty, they rationed it at the time. So basically when you have excess Don't use all your excess unwisely. Ration a little bit to the side so that when there's ever a time when you don't have, hey, I have this little, uh, you know, thousand dollars over here or I have this five thousand dollars over here that I saved up because every time I got my check, which was great, I took out a hundred, I took out 50 and I put it to the side and I didn't spend it so that when little bit comes, because honestly, there's times in our lives, we don't know when we're going to have much. and We don't know when we're going to have little every day people are striving just to get something more, more air, 
more life, more food, more clothes. I mean, the basic necessities, you know, more of just the things that we want, more of the things that we need, more of the things that our neighbor may have, you know. <laughs> we go shopping. I mean, right now it's December, it's the holiday season. So, man, you know, in the holiday season, we're bombarded with advertisements of shop here, shop here, half day sale, come get this sale, come buy this. Half pr-. You know, we're bombarded with things. So our minds sometimes are conditioned to want more things in life. And that's not always the answer because we know and we see that things come and things go. So in my life's journey, God, who always takes care of me, according to Matthew 6, 25, 34, and you can read that when you can, God was teaching me not to worry because in Matthew 6, 25, it talks about, you know, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. He taught me to not worry about my everyday life, whether I had enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. And isn't life much more than food and our bodies much more than clothing? Yes, they are. Yes, you are. You're more than the clothes. You're more than the Gucci. You're more than the Target or Target. (laughs) You're more than the Louis. You're more than the TJ Maxx. Wherever you get your clothes from, it really doesn't matter because you're more than that. Your body is more than clothing and your life is much more than food. You're more than that. There's so much value on you as a person that these things that we have, yes, there is value to it, but it doesn't necessarily add more value to us. You as a person add value to yourself and you become valuable so that when you wear the thing, the value can increase because you're wearing it, not because it is wearing you. So don't ever let a thing make you valuable. You become valuable. You add value to yourself. You continue adding value to your mind, to richness of your heart, to your spirit, to who you are as a person. So that when you wear a thing, baby, you could be wearing a garbage bag and people could be like, oh, she's fabulous. Or, oh, he's him. Yeah, he look good. You could be wearing the top of the line. Oh, it doesn't matter because of the confidence that you're exuding, because of who you are, because of the value of the person that you are. Nobody can tell you a thing. So somebody could walk in the room with, you know, a regular jumpsuit and it's like, whoa, look at that jump. It you you're supposed to make the clothing and the food. You're supposed to add value to it where that thing shines because you're shining through that thing. If you understand what I'm saying. So. Again, is our bodies more than clothing? Yes. Is our life much more than food? Yes. And back to my testimony, I spent day in and day out worrying, (laughs) complaining at that time when I didn't have, looking at all I didn't have pretty much. And I definitely was not content in that time when God didn't, you know, um, allow me to have those things. And I know he didn't allow me to have those things because there was something that he was trying to teach me. And I wasn't content. Sometimes I was mad. Sometimes I was sad. Sometimes I was fearful and worried. And side note, the spirit of fear is the root of worry. Uh, So if you're worried 
a lot or have anxiety, please release that and ask the Lord to help you with that because it is a spirit and it's something that's gripping your heart and your mind and it doesn't want to let you go. So get rid of that. Um, but you know, verse 32, these things, it says in verse 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Wait a minute. Hold up. But wait, (laughs) but wait, there's more. I, I'm a believer. Yet these thoughts dominated my mind all day. But the word just said in verse 32, Matthew 6 Verse 32, the word just said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows. He already knew all of my needs, but wait, wait, I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. Yet these thoughts dominated my mind, right? So what was missing? What was I missing here? I was discontent and I was abased. Means I didn't have much. Because my mind and my heart and my soul was looking everywhere except to God. Mm. Now I was looking at God. Now I wanna I wanna break that down. I was looking everywhere except to God. To God is a means of expressing motion in direction. So I was just looking at God, looking at, at the meaning of at means expressing location or time. So wherever I was located in the time frame that I was located, I was literally just looking at God like, all right, God, what's up? You know, looking at him like that, but I wasn't looking to God. And I want you to catch this revelation. Don't look at God. Look to God. To, T-O, means expressing motion in the direction of a particular location or a point reached at the end of a range. Basically, I had to reach the end of myself and my direction, the motion of my direction, the motion of my life, expressing the motion of in the direction of a particular location. I had to express my heart, my mind, my voice. My, I had to express myself towards God. I had to position, in another word, myself to God, not just at him. I had to lean, learn to lean upon him for my sustenance, for my necessities, not just stand before him. I had to lean. So that's what happened. I was looking at God, not to God. I had to reach the end of myself because in that journey, I think I had spent um, quite a good amount of time just mad, (laughs) mad, upset, confused, sad, crying, in fear, hiding, worrying. You know, my my, my son at the time, he, he needed things and I couldn't even get him the simplest things. Order out, please. You know, we had like, but the simplest things, but God, you know, made sure that we had, but it was rough. It was rough. It's not something that I would ever want to experience again. And it's not something that I ever would want someone to experience. And when people do, it's, it saddens me because I understand because I've been there. And I had learned the painful way what it meant 
to look to God, or in other words, seek Him. I learned to want Him more than physical needs. Now don't get me wrong, I never starved. And somehow I always had the basic necessities, but no more than that at that time. I had to desire, find and ask, and seek the face of God with my mind, you know. I had to see what it is that he wanted from me at that dry desert time in my life. He wanted me to learn to love him with all of my heart, my soul, and my strength or mind, according to Deuteronomy 6.5 or Matthew 22.37. And I feel the same for you as a listener. The Lord wants you to learn in your dry times, in your abased times, in your abounding times, in your flourishing oasis times, to learn to love him with all of your heart, all of your soul and strength and mind. I was lacking and deficient and abased in my heart, mind, soul, and strength. Every day I had to go to God. I had to. I had to learn what it is to depend on my father. I had to learn what it is to say father. Instead of just God, I had to learn him in that season as father. Because a father protects, a a father provides. A father will brings provision. So I had to learn the protection of God, the provision of God. I had to learn all those things that that he did for me as a daughter. I had to learn who I was also. I had to learn my identity at that time. Because as a believer, there were certain promises that he gave to me in the word, right? So I had to find those promises and study them and lean upon them. So I had to learn what it was Every day to go to God for my provision for my heart, which was broken, you know, because of my situation. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was rough. It was rough. Imagine having everything stripped from you at like tomorrow. Just everything just gone. Bam. In in a week, Monday, you're you're good. Friday, nada. It hurts. It, It can break your spirit. And my mind, which was worried about tomorrow, it was. My soul was despondent and my strength was sapped and drained because of the situation that I had. And after that, my mind started to look to God. Remember what I said about two? It's emotion, uh, expressing motion and direction when you come to the end of the thing, when you reach the end of the thing. So my mind started to look to God and my heart went to God. So... I spent much time in worship and prayer and reading and unlearning and learning. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. That's Psalm 27, 8, the NLT version. So God was saying (laughs) to come, right? And I'm like, Lord, I'm coming. I respond, Lord, I'm coming. I'm running to you. Because who else did I have to go to? Friends, they failed me. Family, they failed me. My friends weren't always there to be 
um, helpful to me. My family wasn't always there. And even when they were actually, I didn't want to burden them with always paying a bill for me or always, you know, hey, what was me again? And I didn't want to burden them because honestly, every day sufficient, every day has its own trouble, right? Today is sufficient in its own trouble, as the word says. So I didn't want to burden the people again and again and again and again, because this had went on for months with, with my issues as an adult that I was just like, why am I in this situation? Why am I in this pit? I felt like Joseph. Once again, Joseph with King Nebuchadnezzar. I felt like Joseph in the pit. I felt like, hey, why am I here? I didn't do anything wrong, you know? So I had to learn just to go to God because I literally had nothing and no one to really turn to when it comes to my internal self. I did have a friend to talk to at the time, thank God, that helped me through the situation, that prayed over me, that even sang over me, and, you know, that really helped me to, to stand. But it was such a depressing time that I had to go to God because I'm like, well, God, you said that um, you're Jehovah Jireh. That means that you provide. It says that you are Jehovah Nisi. That means that you're my banner. It says, you know, in the word that um, I shall not want, I shall not lack. The young lions suffer hunger, but those who fear the Lord shall not lack anything. So there were so many promises. So I was like, but Lord, it says this and it says that. And in that time, when I went to him with my, my mind and my heart, next was my soul after I had given my mind and my heart to him. My soul and my strength. And that's kind of one. If my soul is down, my strength is down. If you don't feel well in your soul, which is your your soul holds your desires and your emotions. And that's why I felt down and had no strength. Because if something doesn't make you feel well, where's your strength? You don't have any strength. If you get some bad news, God forbid, today, your strength is gone. You know, when someone doesn't feel well, they're just like, oh, I don't have energy. You, your strength is sapped. So that's kind of in one. And I had to learn to give my soul and my strength to to prosper in the non-material things so that my soul will prosper. I started to find delight and pleasure in spending time in and with God. Leaning on Him for all my needs. And as I was seeking Him, and, and when you seek, you do it to find. You don't just look. It's more than a look. A seeking... If you lose your keys, you're going to seek. You're going to look until you find it. You're not just going to stand in one place, turn around and be like, oh, I don't see it. But seek God until you find him. And when I started to seek him, he started to add to me the things that I needed, little by little by little, until I was abounding and full of things. (laughs) But more importantly, whether I had or didn't have, then again suffered and a loss and anything else because there was times when I had and then I didn't have and then I had and there was times I was like, wait a minute, Lord, what's I remember a very short period, um I can't remember, I think within the last two years or so, I can't remember exactly when. When I, I was feeling a little abased and I was like, wait a minute now. I was just flourishing. I was just good. What happened here? But you know what? Because I had that really hard season, 
I remembered I had to go back in your file, my file cabinet and sometimes go back in your file cabinet and remember, hmm, I've been here. God delivered me out of this. Like, like David, when David had to fight Goliath and everyone knows the story of David and Goliath, he didn't fear. David was like, listen, I beat a bear. I beat a lion. Who's Goliath? I mean, he was a young shepherd boy that fought off a bear and a lion. Come on now. And we like, yeah, a bear. I see a bear or a lion as much as I love the Lord and he fights me. I'm out. I'm out. I'm running. <laughs> Bye. I'm not fighting a bear or a lion. So to David, he's like, he went back in his file cabinet of records. Like, wait a minute. God delivered me then two times. So who's this fil- uncircumcised Philistine? Who's this dirty bum? Who is this dirty guy? Get out of here. So I had to go back in my file cabinet and remember, hey, I was in this situation and you know what? God delivered me then, so he's going to deliver me now. That's where my trust grew in God. That's where the contentment of my soul started to grow. That's when I had joy, even though I didn't have. And people were like, you good? Yes, I am. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I just heard a good friend say the other day, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The reason why we have strength is because we do what pleases God. Now, ain't that something? (laughs) Because we do what is pleasing to God, which gives us strength. And it's so true. Because in disobedience, you don't have strength. In disobedience, you're hiding, you're running, you're feeling kind of low, you're feeling kind of bad, you're feeling kind of guilty, you're feeling kind of sad. What strength do you have? So in that true place of obedience to Christ, in that place where we're pleasing him, we have that inner joy in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirits. And I think that was just powerful, um, what my friend is sharing with me right now the season of joy and her learning joy so as I learn from her I'll teach you guys but yeah so I had to go to my file cabinet and be like okay um you know what let me exercise my faith and my belief because yes I am a believer and yes my father does love me and yes I do love him and I know that if I am in this season if I lost something then it's for a reason then he's trying to show me something God what is it that you need me to learn was I getting too big for myself was I not being thankful or grateful enough? Was I like the, the there's a story of 10 lepers where there, t- uh, there was 10 lepers who, you know, they had a lep- leprosy was a, a very bad, like skin disease back in um, the biblical times. And um, they had, you know, these, these things all over their skin. Leprosy makes your skin white, discolored. And there was 10 of them. And when you're a leper, you... You cannot live amongst regular people. People think you're disgusting. They think you're vile. So you kind of have your own community of lepers because people just, they don't really want to be around you. So there were 10 of them. And Jesus was passing and they cried out, they cried out, they cried out. Jesus had mercy, cleansed the 10, and they all went away. The one guy who was a Samaritan, meaning he was technically unclean to the Jews, who Jesus was a Jew. The one guy who was a Samaritan, ran back, found Jesus, went on his face and worshipped with a loud voice, thanking him, glorifying him. He said, wait a minute, wasn't there 10 of you guys? Where's the other nine? The other nine, they were healed. But the one who came back and bowed down and worshipped before him, now you're made whole. Come on. So I had to learn in the times when God may pull back something from me or I may lose something. Wait a minute. God, I thank you for what I do have. 
And I make a category list. And I learned this from Prophetess Tiffany. I make a category list. God, I thank you for my life. And then I make a category about my life. I thank you for my career. And I make a category for that, for my clients, for my this, for my that. I thank you for my family. And I make categories for that, my mom, my children, my this, my that. I thank you, God, for ministry. And I make a category about that. I thank you, God, for wealth and health. And I make a category for that. And and go down the list. Thank God for everything everything that I don't think there's um in Psalm 104 in the message version I don't read the message version much but sometimes it says come to God with a secret password thank you and that's something else I learned from prophetess Tiffany I just like to give honor where honors do because I don't come up with all these things by myself it's Holy Spirit and all the people that I attributed to my life side note so um come to God with a secret password thank you so I had to learn in those times, am I saying thank you to God? When I got up this morning and everything was smooth, green lights, they had, you know, well, I don't drink coffee, but for those who do, you know, they had the favorite coffee, they had the muffin, they had the this, they had, did I say thank you, God, that I had a good day today, that thank you, God, that I didn't get any accidents today, did I say thank you, God, that I woke up in no pain in my body, did I say thank you, God, that my children are well, Did I say, thank you, God, that my bills are paid? Did I say, thank you, God, even if I'm in a rough situation, that I can wake up and have another breath to breathe? Even if I'm not feeling well, did I thank you, God, that I will be getting better? And by faith, you're making me whole because I say, thank you. Who wants to be partial? I don't want to be partial. I want to be healed, but I want to be whole. Means whole means lacking nothing. If I'm healed, that's good, but that's just a portion. I want to be lacking nothing perfected. So that's why sometimes, as it says in James, come it all joy, beloved, when you go through various trials, when you go through various things, because know that you're being perfected. How are you being perfected? Because God is teaching you to be content, whether you have nothing or whether you have something. If you have it all and live in a mansion on the hills, you can say, thank you, God, because you know, without a doubt, God gave you everything that you have. God gave you that chandelier. God gave you that closet full of clothes. God gave you your favorite ice cream in the fridge. God gave you the multiple pairs of sneakers that you have. God gave you the strength to go play ball with your boys. God gave you the strength that you have to go get your mani-pedi and sit there and just have a, a me day and relax. God gave that to you. Thank you, Jesus. And when you don't have, thank you, God, for what I do have and what's to come. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. God had to remind me of that even recently. I'm, I'm in a situation where it was really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And I had a little bit of an attitude, okay, because... We all have emotions. We have a soul where our will and our desires and our emotions lie. And I was soaking a little bit for the first two, three days and a week. Let me be real, a week. And God had to remind me, hey, you could be over here. It could be much worse. Remember those people? And I I got it together so quickly. I said, Lord, I thank you (laughs) for where I am, even though it is uncomfortable. Lord, I give you praise, even though it's not exactly what I want and where I want to be in this moment in time in my life. I know that this transition, God, I thank you for the transition. I do. The Bible talks about uh, 
being afflicted. (laughs) And it's actually good that we are that way sometimes. So God wants our hearts and our minds and our soul and our strength to be content. How? By doing all we do, living, moving, and having our being through his son, Jesus Christ. That's how we can live with something or nothing through Jesus Christ. It's the through, which means fixed position, relation of rest, give self wholly to. That's what through means. Repeat after me. (laughs) All who listening, repeat after me in this moment. Just take a second and repeat after me. I can do all things as my fixed position, relation of rest, and giving myself wholly to Christ in my heart, mind, soul, who strengthens me. Amen. So that right there is a prayer that God will help you to do everything that you need to do through him, whether you have much, whether you have little, whether you're in transition of much or little, going from little to much or much to little. The strength comes from the reliance. Once you're filled with Christ, it shouldn't matter what you face because your peace and joy comes from within, not from external, replaceable material matters and things. It's nice to have. It is. And if you desire it, then go ahead, but don't fix your heart on earth's treasures, but from above. And I'll leave you with this. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, There, the desires of your heart will be. (laughs) So until next time, my beloves, love you. Blessings. Bye. And don't forget to like this. Don't forget to share. Don't forget to subscribe for more things from the heart of God. And as usual, I will put these scriptures in the um, uh, description. And you know what? Just a little bonus. Read Psalm 119. 71 to 72 or even on and that will help you to understand what it means that when you're going through something that's painful what God is trying to teach you okay beloveds bye